everybody. Welcome to Family Face-Off. Courtney Lachlan, Craig Lachlan, week four, episode four of our show down in our lovely basement. Studio. <laughs> I call it the basement. He calls it the studio. Dad, how we doing? We're doing good. It's been a good week. You know, you get to see the Caps, unfortunately, had to drop that one to the Bruins. Uh, but they did get a couple of points in that series. Um, I look at it this week. Some snow, some cold weather, which I love. My new beer just came out, Wicked Rister. Playing some cards, Euchre. And also, a birthday girl. So, happy birthday. Thank so, it's been you, a Dad. busy, busy week in the Lachlan household. <laughs> beer, Euchre. If you guys want to challenge us to a Euchre game, eh, we'll maybe take you on. Dad, Absolutely. I thought I won, though, on my birthday. I was you the big did. champ. You were the champ. You mentioned your beer, Wicked Rister. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on to the show. So, Dad, let's get right into the caps. They're 6-1-3. and three. You mentioned it. They suffered, finally, their first regulation mm-hmm. loss in their first 10 games. Um, but give me kind of your thoughts, your thumbs up of what you've liked from the Caps the last week. Okay, my quick take is Vitek Vanacek. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much more can this guy do? He's been stellar between the pipes. He probably didn't expect to be playing this much, but with Samsonov out due to uh, COVID protocol, it could be a while till he returns and gets back into game shape. So Vanacek's carried the mail for the Caps, 5-0-2, stopping over 200 shots was named NHL Rookie of the Month, which is only the fourth goaltender to ever have that happen. The first was a good friend of mine, Bobby Mason, back in the day, won it in 1984. And it's impressive. It shows you that the league has taken notice that you've had an exceptional month. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity, Court. It wasn't a month-long thing of playing well. (laughs) I... (laughs) <laughs> I played well for seven days, and I think the guys out west, aka Gretzky, Messi, and company, weren't playing. And I was actually named Player of the Week. What? Wow! And, and I, you remember well, it? Oh, I thought it was the coolest thing. There was no social media, no nothing. The coach just came skating around in warm up and practice, and said, "Hey, Locker, congrats! You're Player of the Week." And I was like, "Really? <laughs> I don't even think they send out a press release, was but it, I was. Like, was it in the paper or something?" I think it might have been a byline at the bottom of the article. Yes. <laughs> Boy, things have changed. Yes, um, they have. That is a huge honor, though, for Vitek Vanacek. Yes. And I believe he's the eighth cap to receive that honor. Yes. What's um, your take? So my take for thumbs up, I'm going to go with Zidane Chara. How about Big Z? He gets his first goal against the New York, New York Islanders as a Washington Capital. He scores again versus his former team, the Boston Bruins, where he was a captain and a leader there. I just love Dad. And this video even went viral on social media. When you saw Zidane Chara score that goal, he immediately skated over to the bench. I Literally, I thought there was, the Caps were going to get a penalty because I thought all the guys were going <laughs> to jump on the bench to congratulate him. The elation, the excitement, the happiness that the team had for their teammate made me happy because it proves and it shows just how tight-knit this group is with the new guys, with the adversity that they've had to face, with all these guys coming in and out of the lineup with the COVID-19 protocol. So... I love it. My two thumbs up go to Zidane Chara. Absolutely. What a great pick. I think when you look at that, I love playing on teams, and I played on a lot like that, that had the same type of emotion for whoever scores. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the biggest thing. But there's something else that goes into that. He is revered in the locker room. He is revered around the NHL. And that just shows you how much they love Dad. A big <laughs> hug for Dad, Big Z, and his kids. You couldn't beat that. The only thing that was missing was 18,000-plus yeah. fans to see that. So I thought it was spectacular. So that's the positives. You know, I pick a goalie, Vitek, you got Chara. What about our thumbs down? I'm starting with you. 
Thumbs down. Um, I mean, you talk about that game where Zidane, where Zidane Chara scored his goal. Then you talk about the Boston Bruins game. Two games now, two games in a row where they have blown three gold leads. Ouch. Not great, right? And as right. a player and as a teammate and as a coach, like you don't ever want that to happen again. So there's some things that the Caps got to fix to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's the inability to hold on to leads. They just weren't attacking enough, right? So sometimes when you get up 3 nothing, you're like, hey, this is fun. Who wants to score next? We're dominating. And you forget about the little the things. The key thing you said, Court, hold on to leads. Yeah. That shouldn't be in the vocabulary of players, right? You want to add to your lead. Right. And they haven't been able to do that. Yeah, and they haven't been able to just continue their game plan. And then the Correct. third period against Boston, they got away from all their little things. They were out-attempted. They were out-shot. They didn't play their best hockey. You talk about it, Dad, all the time where they're cheating, right? They're just not focusing on that system that got them there in the first place, and they get away from their game plan a little bit. I used to always try to do that, Court. Oh, we were up Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd fly the zone. Get me the puck, guys. Come on. I want to get on the score sheet, too. No, that's a, it's a common thing that it's hard to teach a team that, but they are working on that. It's a, as Laviolette says every day after practice, we're still in the process of putting all the things together. My thumbs down goes to possession and when you look at all the analytics and all the fancy stats and everything like that number one the capitals have to win more draws to get puck possession mm -hmm. that's a key factor number two they have to hold on to the puck longer and can't make just hope passes in either of the zones or any of the zones and number three laviolette wants it they want to play in the offensive zone right. and it got away from them because they were on their heels the whole game and and fans it's, it's a weird saying you know you want teams on their toes what toes means is you're on the attack, on the attack, on the attack. Heels, it's like you're in a defense mm -hmm. first mode and it doesn't work. Teams are too skilled, too fast, everything else that they can provide too much offense. So that's the one area I want to see cleaned up. Coming against the Rangers on the road, play a full 60 game, puck possession, make sure you have it. Make sure they play the so-called full 60 that every coach is looking for. And we have seen some inconsistencies with the Caps in terms of great first periods, maybe not so great second periods. And <laughs> So, again, Dad, it is that full 60 and just making sure that you're pressure, pressuring and attacking for the whole game. And we know one player that always played a full 60 definitely wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> he, wore, he wore number 12 court. Yes. And isn't that cool that we are able to catch up to one of my favorite Caps? Washington Capital, great. He also had some great insights on his former teammate, who's a guy that I mentioned, Zidane Chara. So Peter Bondra, number 12. Bonsai's in the house. He's in the house. He joins Family Faceoff to give his takes on his first goal and Zidane Chara. And he's just a great conversation. Oh, and so much more. I mean, where he got his nickname. You got to listen to this, fans, because I was as surprised as anyone. <laughs> nickname, uh, I believe that was Dino Cicerelli. That was very early in my career, basically first month of uh, me being playing for Capitals. And I think Dino in the elevator maybe forgot my last name. So <laughs> 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 Bonsai. <laughs> or something like bonds or whatever. And, um, you know, as you know, like sometimes when things happen uh, with uh, no reason and it stick to you. So uh, that from that that part of the, uh, my season on, I was called Bonsai. Take us back to your youth hockey days and growing up in Slovakia. Were you an NHL on your mind type of young player that you wanted to play in the NHL playing youth hockey? And if you did... What was your favorite team? Like, Ovi wore a San Jose Sharks jersey growing up. I don't know if you had a favorite team. Just tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, okay, I didn't know what NHL was. Uh, okay, when, wow. You know, I grew up in Czechoslovakia. At that time, was a communist country, so you don't really know what NHL is. Just reason, always, uh, obviously, different. Um, uh, I would say um, uh, he's younger. Obviously, he had access to um, uh, internet, uh, everything, right? Yeah. Uh, social media. You can click on the button. You can watch the game. In my case, I, really, I. I saw the hockey basically playing Czechoslovakia against Russia, and that was sort of my uh, growing up in uh, my hockey. But, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town, like 45, 50,000 people, and cold weather uh, <laughs> <laughs> right under mountains called High Tatras. So uh, winter, obviously, we had a strong winter. So whatever, any lake and any small pond freeze, I was skating on it. So. Uh, how I got to hockey, uh, my older brother, his name is Uri, Uri, uh, he started playing hockey, he was 16. And uh, I'm obviously nine, eight years younger, so I, I kind of start, um, you know, going with him because he's supposed to take care of me afternoons when my parents are to work. So he was skating with all the older guys and he always have to take me and I was skating on the side. And I was so upset the older guys wouldn't take me to play with them because, you know, as you know, I was too young to play against the bigger boys. But uh, just basically pond hockey, that's how I learned to, how to skate. I remember got my skates was uh, on a key when you key in to your bottom uh, hard shoe. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, this is special skate. Like you have one blade and there is a special key when you mount on the bottom of your shoe. Uh, <laughs> you put it on your shoe? <laughs> yeah. But wow. yeah, the shoe has to have a hard sole. Uh, so basically, those are little blades. You can you can take them anywhere in the pocket. <laughs> and you you see any frozen um, uh, little um, water or pond? You know, you just go up there and skate. And uh, that was uh, that was good. So yeah, that's how I got to hockey. And I was amazed back home that time where the hockey players, like professional hockey players, they didn't have to go to work and they just their job was to play hockey. <laughs> I couldn't understand because. I, I like something, uh, you know, like I, I had a love for hockey and, you know, it was something special for me. I feel free to skate on the ice and uh, on the top of it, you don't have to work and get paid for uh, for what you're doing. That was just something. <laughs> I, I always want to do that. So were you always a natural goal scorer then when you would go out and you'd skate on this pond hockey? Were you Did you always kind of have that knack for scoring goals? Uh, no, really. You, from the beginning, you learn how to skate, and I was—I think I was a better skater. How I got to, you know, when Czechoslovakia, they had a great program. Uh, so, how I got selected to hockey team or hockey class, the whole—I uh, I mentioned earlier—we had a small town, where there's um, forty, fifty thousand people. So they took all second graders, like second graders and you know boys, and brought it uh, to a hockey rink, and you just skate circle and coaching. Coaches look at you, write the name. And that time I already skated well. So they call, contact my parents and they ask them if, um, if they will allow me to go join the class, which is class was my teammates. We, we, we study together, we play hockey, we travel together. So that uh, communism or Czechoslovakia, that program was well, well, really well set up. And for me, just I have to show up a little talent and will to do well and uh, everything else was to take, taken care of. They provide equipment, they, uh, they wow. provide buses. Well, basically when I went on a trip, my mom just gave me um, a little change to make sure I have a, uh, <laughs> access to buy myself a little extra like I sold or anything else. 
Well, let's fast forward now, Peter. You had a long journey like a lot of us have had trying to make it to the NHL. You get to the NHL, you become a Washington Capital. Can you pinpoint some great nights or great games in your mind as a Washington Capital? Well, I can't avoid the, my first game. I wasn't sure uh, what to expect from the game, especially uh, my first game in the preseason. I never saw a live in National Hockey League game, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden you, you dress up and uh, you skate on the ice and uh, I had a great seat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and the time I jump on the ice and skate, that was something special, you know. Then you go, uh, obviously you scored your first uh, National Hockey League goal. That was obviously always a great memory. and. Uh, you know, I don't have a really specific one, but only those. Well, tell me about your first goal. <laughs> well, yes, I remember that was I played with Alamey. I think that we are in the four line. Or it was, I'm not sure against New Jersey Devils. I believe the goalie was. How did the, how in the heck did you score <laughs> playing with Alan May? <laughs> well, I don't know. It was <laughs> Somebody probably misplayed the pass. <laughs> okay, tell me about the goal now. <laughs> I just I remember just. Get a pocket right on the on the blue line. It was probably right. You're right after turnover, and um, I just skated to the middle and I, I shot. And uh, the puck and the puck went in. It kind of you don't know how to react. I was just really in the like on the zone where you freeze, and all of a sudden I just put my hands up, and uh, it happened. So uh, <laughs> did you pick? Did you pick your number to wear throughout number, your career? Number twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Did you pick your number? I, I wish. <laughs> no. Oh. Okay, that was just given to you. Yeah, that was given to me. I remember Slago, uh, Doc Share. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my first early days, obviously, I didn't speak any English. And uh, when Mike Pivonka wasn't around, so it was kind of tough to communicate with me. I, and I, I really tried, but I trust me, if you don't speak Russian or Czech, Slovak, or any <laughs> Slavic <laughs> languages, I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make a conversation with you, but I, I, I think that time uh, Pivo wasn't around, and Slagos just looked at me, and he was going to ask me what number I won, and there's <laughs> 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 number 12. So let's flash forward to now the current Caps, and there's a player that is on the team now that I believe that you played with, and that's Zidane Ochara. Um, you played with him in Ottawa, and I believe you played with him. I'm sure you crossed paths with World, uh, Olympics, and the national or teams. Do you have any insights on him? I mean, it, his longevity has been incredible. incredible, right? Do you have any insights about about Zidane Ochara? Of course, I do. I know him well, and uh, we are good friends. Uh, he's also my neighbor in uh, Slovakia during the summer. Uh, oh, nice. So, but I, he's, this is his, whatever, uh, he's his second house, so he, I don't see him much, but yeah, uh, I talked to Z actually a lot uh, during the season. We, uh, we play against each other, uh, we play, uh, you know, 2006 Olympics, uh, we played together in Ottawa, so, uh, uh, you know, I was lucky to play with him. Uh, the reason why, you know, he, he brings a lot of leadership. He's like a coach sitting in the locker room, and uh a lot of young, even veteran players, they can look up to him and his preparation for a game, how he's uh, working out and um, and how he's preparing himself, obviously give him that opportunity still in this age to play. And uh, he was my roommate in Ottawa. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, that time, obviously, NHL, you need to share a room. So, <laughs> you know, he was nice enough to offer, obviously, bed, uh, bed uh, in his room, uh, not, you know, in the hotel room. 
So anytime he walk in first uh, to a room, that was a problem because what happens? <laughs> don't find the light, and you make a couple steps, and you blow <laughs> chandelier, and you just. Trust me, a couple of times happened. I told him, let me go first. I'll <laughs> so I, I decided to make a fun of Z because it's high. But, uh, you know, but yeah, obviously it's hard to play against him. Uh, I remember when Z broke a leak in, uh, with Islanders. We know each other, all the Slovaks. So, and I tried to give him advice and I gave him advice. Probably a good one, but not for me a good one. So I told him, Z, if you're going to take it easy uh, on me, on the ice or Ziggy Palfi or any... You got a slow act because you're a friend. Trust me, I'm going to laugh and you're going to be sitting with the coaches next day. You're going to be minus free <laughs> to watch video. So I remember later on in the, in the season, uh, we played against Lo at Long Island. It hit me so bad on the corner. I think I flipped like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> arms and knees. I really verbally give it to him. I was just yelling for probably whole game on him just because... He almost killed me, but we got four goals, so I was kind of a little bit happy. But trust me, it's hard to play against him. You know, a couple of times, uh, I know uh, I was playing for Washington, he was playing in the Ottawa, and I had a, I felt I had a breakaway. I, I see nobody, and all of a sudden, last second before I shot the puck, that was uh, like just a long stick right on my arm, and just he twisted my arms. I almost shot to the corner from there. <laughs> so, uh, you know what, and um, so we are lucky to have him. He can still bring a lot with his leadership, leadership, and also his reach on the ice. It's just it's a tough to play against, uh, yeah, you know. Especially, and uh, I've been watching for six six games on the season we have or seven. Uh, he play fast. There are system allow him even to pinch, and he doesn't look he lost a step or anything. Actually, he's an impact player. And uh, he could, for sure, he's going to be helping us this year. Peter, it was so great to have you on board. I like calling you Bonsai. <laughs> I know my daughter's going to call you Mr. Bonder or I Peter. I will, Mr. Bonder. But thank you so much for joining yes. Family Face Off. We loved this segment. That was so awesome to have Peter Bondra join our show. Um, great insights about Zdeno Char. I never thought about that when you were that tall. Um, hitting some things on the ceiling. <laughs> I, listen, I'm five two. I never have those problems, Dad. Six foot nine <laughs> does that, and he's the biggest man ever to play in the NHL. There's been some guys six seven, six eight, but never six nine. And what an athlete he is! But Peter Bondra, man, I mean, when you're in the 500 goal club, yeah, and just about everyone in that club, other than I think four in the history of the game, are not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, I've got Peter Bonders back. I want him to at least have his jerseys, jersey requ uh, retired here. Yeah. And then if he ever gets the nod to be in the Hall of Fame, it would be a great day for all Cavs fans. So we thank Peter Bondra. It was a great interview. Thank him for joining Family Faceoff. Hey, where are you going, Court? Hold on here. Wait a second. I know what's up. It's time now to head over to our coaching board. This is the first time in our fourth episode She's finally taken the main stage, none other than Coach Courtney, and I love what she's focusing on today, fans. She's focusing on why the Caps D have been so good creating offense. One of the things that everyone's been raving about is how good the Caps D are in terms of joining the attack and creating offense under Peter Laviolette's 
new system. Case in point, Caps defensemen have 29 points in 10 games, and a Caps D has scored a goal in the last five games. But what are they doing differently this season in terms of the system of creating offense? Well, it all starts on the forecheck. If you take a look here, this is the Caps' opposition of how they would half the ice and split the ice. When the Caps forecheck and they pressure, they have F1 going hard. They've got F2 supporting. They've got F3 coming into the middle. And then you've got your D and your D on the forecheck. When the opposition tries to uh, get out of the way from this forecheck. If they rim it around the boards hard, you'll see the Caps D go. Immediately they go, they slam the boards, and they take away um, basically any lane and any area that this puck can get out of the zone. By doing that, they're helping keep pucks alive. They're helping to keep pucks in the offensive zone. But the key guy as to why this is successful is because of F3. F3 communicates. He sees that this D is pinching. He now fills into this spot here, and it's all about support. The Caps have done such a good job of keeping pucks alive, joining in the attack. A lot of times, too, if you see this D slam the wall and he gets possession, he'll join in on the attack. He'll start a cycle. who will move the pucks below the bottom of the circle here in their offensive zone. So great job by the Caps overall offensively, but a big part of that is how active the Caps D have been under Peter Laviolette. Good stuff as always, Courtney. You obviously are tuned in to every game I do. <laughs> what? I didn't steal from you. You didn't? <laughs> Slamming the wall, closing the wall up. You've got a little bit of me in you. What was that like? Your old like telestration days? That's I know. What I, felt I don't do like. that anymore. It's all pre-done, well, which is cool. Well, maybe but that one... was a good segment, Courtney. Fans, it's going to be a daily segment now. Well, Coach maybe Courtney. one of these days, Zad, I'll let you come over to my whiteboard. But just like my room where, like, you can't go in it, like, you can't go to the coaching board. You got it. I'm in. <laughs> All right, Dad, what do we got going on here? We've talked a lot of hockey on today's episode of Family Face-Off, but it's beer time. One of our favorite segments, Lockers Libations. We've got an update of your beer, Wicked Rister, a collaboration with Astrolab. Yeah, isn't it cool? Uh, I mean, this is a hat trick right here, right? The three of them. Wicked Rister was put together when I went to Astrolabs in Silver Spring, a great, great brewery. And I sat down with them, with Matt, the brewmaster, and Emma, one of the co-founders. And I mm -hmm. said, I like my IPAs a certain way. And you know exactly how I like them. I like I them do. a little fruity, <laughs> hazy, New England style. And they came up with an absolute winner. It's getting rave reviews on all the beer forums, which is very cool, including Untapped. Mm -hmm. People are raving about it. We had a limited run, I think, of 220 or so cases of it. And what's even cooler about it, 50% of the proceeds go to the Lachlan Family Foundation in our fight against rare cancer so if you're in silver spring drop in there if you can order online they do deliver in a small area around the brewery but what was cool court is i dragged you out early <laughs> in the morning dad was like oh, it'll only be about an hour and how long was that day oh solid six hours and right? we got some great video that that just shows you the type of stuff we did we helped can we helped put the cases into the cooler I thought the filling process on the assembly line and the labeling yeah, machine. Yeah, it was cool. 
That was very cool, wasn't it? So we literally had a hand in canning every single one of these beers that when we went out to Astrolab. And it was a really cool process. Um, and it's kind of crazy to think that not everything's done by a machine, right? So even the guys, Matt and the guys that were working there, were literally putting every single can on the conveyor belt and at the end of the line, so then the beer goes into the can, then it gets put on the label, the label spins it around the can, and at the end, you and I are taking the cans and putting them into the cases and literally pressing the plastic pieces that go on them um, so it was a full day's work. I think my like right bicep is still sore from pressing down. <laughs> I saw, I thought at one point <laughs> it brought me back to college, obviously bagels and beer at like 10 or 10 30 in the morning. But then it also, I thought of it and for all the fans out there, and I know you're all probably young and all that stuff watching our show, but some of the older age, aging uh -huh. ones like me, remember the great Lucille Ball show. I love Lucy, where she was on a chocolate line, and the line was going so fast she had to eat them. Yes, <laughs> because she was too slow at putting the chocolates into the box. And that's what I felt like. I thought, right? Because you, you, you needed to drink the cans. Yeah, I take one can, I drink out of the next. It was just so much fun, and and those people are dear friends now. It was great yeah. to get to know Emma and Matt. Just a wonderful brewery, and please help support small business and support the Family Foundation. We had an absolute blast. It was it was a great day, Don. Like you said, you're oh, court just joined me for an hour. Turned from ten to four thirty. We were even, yeah, four thirty or yeah. five by the time it, we got home. It was an amazing day, though, just to be there. Um, I just want to make a couple notes about where you can get the beer. You said that you can yep. get it. Uh, obviously the Astrolab Taproom in Silver Spring. You can also order it online. But this is really cool because they've also now distributed it to retail shops around the DMV. Name so some if of those. you're in the DC area, you can go to Craft Beer Cellar, which is right in my neighborhood, right on the, right at the end of H Street. They sell great beer. Um, Magruder's DC, Old Provisions, one of my favorites. Church Key is also selling it, and then Shelter will be selling it on draft. So if you're in the DC area, that's where you can find it. And then in Maryland. We've got downtown, downtown Crown Gaithersburg, Whitey's in Linthicum Heights. We've got Dawson's Liquor in Severna Park, 424 Wine. Dad, that's right in our neighborhood in Crofton. How come I know all those four places really <laughs> well? How do you? I don't know. We've got District East and Frederick and the Wine Source in Baltimore. So thank you thank for you everybody. everybody carrying it. And thank you very much for Astro Labs for this wonderful collab. Um, and as you can see, Matt and Emma, I'm running low already. <laughs> <laughs> Must mean it's a good beer. Beer, seven point one percent hazy IPA. Um, it is absolutely delicious. It and is. and you're not had, a beer person. I'm you not, like it. and I'm not. And I was drinking it, Dad, like as you were, as you said, in the assembly line on that day when we were canning it last week. So get your Wicked Wrister limited supplies while it's while it's still last. And Dad, you also signed some of the cans, so yeah. you guys might get one. And that's I'm going signed. back to re-sign them because it was the labels were wet coming off the canning assembly line, so. I will be going back into town and signing each four-pack. As long as my wrist holds out, I'll be fine. So a wonderful collab for a cause that is near and dear to our heart with the Lachlan Family Foundation. So fun day. One other thing, Dad, that I forgot. Oh. They're also auctioning off one of your jerseys to help charity. So you can go check out your jersey at biddingowl.com slash wicked wrister. Um, a again, replica jersey. A old replica. Number 18, which yep. is cool, but all done up. Beautiful red jersey, old school style and it's going on i think for the next several days yep. so please check it out and please help all the money goes to the foundation to try to win the fight so dad no beers for you yet because we still got 
a little bit more hockey to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Caps road ahead. They've got the New York Rangers. They got the Philadelphia Flyers. The Rangers are an interesting one to me because actually I thought that they were going to have a much better season than they are having. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of had them as a bubble team that might make it in the playoffs. Now they're sitting at the bottom of the division. Very young, little turmoil with the D'Angelo situation getting in a fisticuff with one of his teammates after a game that they lost, and he was a minus six overall in the season, so they waived him. He's not going to be in the lineup. They've mm-hmm. already said he will never, Tony D'Angelo will never be a Ranger again. So there's some turmoil, but the thing about them is they got some great leadership, and they got, obviously, the bread man, Panera, and they got Chris Kreider. And one of my favorite players who's off to a very slow start is Mika Jabanajad. He's only got one goal through the first nine games. That's a guy, Court. You remember one of the biggest games of the year last year. Didn't oh, he put up a five spot? he did. Right? Yep. Including the old overtime winner. Like, they can't let him yeah. wheel and deal because that is one very talented player, and he's ready to break out. The Rangers won one of their first six games or whatever. They've got points in their last three. It's going to be tough in MSG. And then, of course, the Caps return home for the Battle of the Big Boppers, the Flyers on Sunday and Tuesday. Well, because I think when you look at it, it's Boston, Flyers, Caps as the top of the division, right? they're going to battle all the way down to the end to see who ends up first. The hardest question I'm ever going to ask you on this show. Okay. Yes, I love my beer. (laughs) What do you think of Gritty? Gritty? (laughs) I think Gritty may be one of the greatest mascots. Just for what he does. He's out there every day. It seems to post stuff that's absolutely (laughs) world-class funny. I laugh all the time. Um, Yes, he's a good one, but he's not going to be in Washington fans. We may see Gritty when we play up in Philadelphia, but not this Sunday and Tuesday. Well, if you need a good chuckle, check out Gritty's social media pages because... um... He's a funny one, he Dad. He is a funny one. So you can catch all those games. And, Dad, you'll be back to work. You had a nice couple of days off, but yep. back to work. Games, obviously, on NBC Sports. But Washington. I am off Super Bowl Sunday, right? You are Super Bowl Sunday. Who's your pick? Um, My pick. You going to four Kansas against Kansas City Brady? Chiefs. It's Mahomes, the, the younger quarterback. I've got Kansas City. I like their style. I'd like to see somebody else win it. Not that I don't like Tom Brady and not that he isn't a GOAT. Um, but have, let's have somebody else win it. How about that? Yes. But not have somebody else win the Caps games because we hope the Caps win their games. Right, Dad? They got to win. They got to win. Keep getting those points in their very tight division. Thanks for tuning in on this week's of Family Face-Off. Don't forget to get your Wicked Rister beer. It's delicious. We love beer. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us on Family Face-Off. Bye, everybody.